for 10 years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. And good morning and welcome to Rosie on the House. We're being joined this morning by a very special guest, Mr. John Wesley Miller of Tucson. And you may you may wonder well, what makes John so special. Well, if I told you about all his awards, commendations, and industry recognitions, we wouldn't get anything else done. It's a long, long list. A builder in the uh, custom home market of Tucson for the last 50 years. John, we really appreciate you joining us this morning. Well, thank you, Rosie. Actually, I'm honored by you asking me to talk. You know, uh, I broke into the home building industry uh, in the late 60s, early 70s up in Phoenix, which I think was pretty close to the time you broke into home building down in Tucson. Back in the 60s, Tucson was a nice little town. Well, actually, Rosie, uh, I built my first house in 1953. Wow. I started it when I was 19 years old, and finished it when I was 20 years old, and my first daughter was born that same year, so pretty much of a landmark year, 1953. Now, just for my own curiosity's sake, what got you into the building trades? Was it a family tradition? Yeah, my father was a carpenter, probably the best carpenter I've ever met, and he tried to teach me to be as good as him, that would have been very hard to do, but I was very fortunate to grow up with a dad who was a real craftsman and appreciated good tools and good work and quality work. You know, it's tough to find someone ready to come to work anymore that packs their bologna and cheese sandwich ready for a 15-minute break in the morning the half-hour lunch at 15 break in the afternoon and be willing to show up every day on time for five days a week. But, boy, that's the way thats the way I grew up in the trades. Well, Rosie, actually, when I started, uh, six-day week was normal. My dad told me that during World War II, he worked seven 12-hour days to help out the war effort. Boy. Uh, but when I got started, the normal was uh, six, eight-hour days, but we often w- worked longer. And your dad was a carpenter in the Tucson market? Yes, he was. And then he became a contractor later. Uh, I worked for him off and on before I went out on my own. But uh, nowadays, it seems like the longer time goes, the more I appreciate all the education he gave me. Oh, that's great. Well, Mr. Miller, most of your, a lot of your accommodations and national recognition revolve around your passion of green building, sustainability, and accessibility. At at what point, what what drew you into that as, as opposed to just falling in line with the way everybody else was building? Well, you know, I grew up learning about quality and learning about 
good insulation and good structure. And then along about uh, 1973, the county manager, Ken Sharman of Pima County, called me to be involved in getting the county and the building industry involved in solar energy. So that was kind of the beginning of the real focus on sustainability and utilization of solar energy and new homes as well as existing homes. So you started introducing the solar energy concept to the projects you were involved in, and your education and your expertise in the whole green building sustainability uh, effort grew to the point where you've actually completed an entire sustainable subdivision just a stone's throw away from downtown Tucson. That's right. We, we call that one Armory Park Del Sol, and every home in there has solar energy, solar hot water, solar electric on the roof. Uh, each person owns their own system. And the last I heard from the Federal Department of Energy, it's the most uh, energy-efficient development in the country. Well, it's 90-some homes, and as I understand, the average utility bill for these homes is under $350 a year? That That's for the heating and cooling. Okay. Uh, a lot of people vary a lot depending on the other things they do in the home, but as far as the heating and cooling, the average is under that. Yes, that's true. Well, the cooling in the summer definitely is the biggest load for us living on the desert floors of Arizona, and I've been a believer for a long time in a concept y'all utilize called thermal mass, and particularly when the utility companies kind of help us out with on-peak and off-peak power consumption. Would you mind explaining your theory on thermal mass and off-peak power consumption? Sure, Rosie. Uh, Number one, the credit goes to the Environmental Research Lab. Uh, I was fortunate to be able to work with the University of Arizona's Environmental Research Lab, Carl Hodges and Dr. John Peck, to learn all kinds of information about how solar would work and how we could utilize solar in in buildings and especially in homes. So by working out there, we started to look at what was the best wall for the climate we live in. And having been a masonry builder uh, all my life anyway, it was not a big shift. But the difference was we took the qualities of concrete. Now, in the olden days, if you had a concrete block house, it was cold in the winter and hot (laughs) in the summer. Well, the reason was thermal mass storage was not being utilized. So the law of thermodynamics, heat always travels towards cold, came into play. And Dr. Peck said, let's try insulating the masonry on the outside of the house instead of the inside so that we actually store the warmth in the winter and the cool in the summer and keep it 
in the house. So the, the idea is by insulating on the outside, you keep what's going on outside, on the outside, and what you're doing to heat or cool on the inside, you keep on the inside, and, and it stores in the wall. It goes in and comes out every day, whether it's the cooling season or the heating season. It works equally well. That's kind of the fundamental ideas behind it. And speaking of the details of getting this done, are y'all building these exterior walls with a with a standard eight inch CMU, and then furring, and then putting an inch uh, high density foam, and stretching chicken wire? Or how how are y'all accomplishing it? Well, you know, we also have to make it look good. So on the outside, first we have a, a normal 8816 concrete block, but we fill that solid with concrete. So literally and actually you have a solid concrete wall. Uh, the insulation of polyisocyanurate uh, goes on the outside either one or two inches, and then we put stucco netting over that and stucco on the outside to make it look good. That's not part of the structure, but it, it makes the house look pretty. So on the inside, you don't want to do anything to keep the air away from that concrete mass. So we make it look good on the inside by taking the same texture that we look on, we put on the drywall, the sheetrock, we put that same texture on the masonry wall so you don't see the, the mortgage, the uh, mortar joints. So it, you literally have to knock on the wall to tell if it's masonry or frame. And so using this technique in the middle of the summer, TEP let you buy off-peak power at about a third the price of on-peak power, and you get your home comfortable off-peak, and then you allow your home just to sleep through the time period where they're charging on-peak. And and I, I think the whole subdivision proves the efficiency of that tech, of that whole process. It really is working, Rosie, and, and we have to educate our buyers, our homeowners, to understand how it works. So we recommend in the summer, on the off-peak at night, when the unit is more efficient as well, that they cool the house maybe two degrees lower than they normally would. So that takes the heat out of the walls at night. And the, the masonry mass becomes uh, the storage system, so it's cooler and sucks up the heat the next day. That's... Now we also, part of it is we use ceiling fans, which help circulate sure. the air. Sure, sure. We're here visiting with Mr. John Wesley Miller, home, custom home builder in Tucson, known nationwide as a leader in the sustainability, green building, and accessibility trends in the construction industry. We're going to come back 
with John and talk a little bit about uh, what net zero is and can it be accomplished right after this. Don't get your windows replaced until you get an education and a quote from the experts at Pella Windows. So we've got Adam Homer in. Your fiberglass product, in my opinion, it's the right window for Arizona. Explain that a little bit. Pella's got a patented process. Uh, they pull trude fiberglass through this die. Uh, it's a matted material. So unlike a like the back of a shower enclosure, you know how it's random strands and yes, you know, it's yes. all pokey. Right, right. That's not what our windows look like. Uh, it looks like almost like a window screen mesh when it comes through and, and ready to uh, to put into the frame. And once it's all heat sealed and and made rigid, it goes through a powder coating process. So you can get a really nice looking window that's very strong, very durable. What matters is how you treat your doors and windows. They are the weakest link. Take the time to think through the right door and window. Fellas, two locations in Scottsdale and Tucson. Find them at rosieonthehouse.com under Certified Partners. And welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to Rosie on the House this beautiful Arizona Saturday morning. We're visiting with custom home builder, nationally known for his efforts in sustainability, green building, as well as accessibility, Mr. John Wesley Miller, uh, builder of the Armory Park subdivision. And, uh, John, I have to tell you, there's a lot about that entire subdivision that I love. But the one thing that really catches me is driveway, garage access in the back, and all the front yards face each other where you can actually grab a, a, a big glass of mint sun tea, sit out on the front patio, and visit with your neighbors walking up and down the, the walkway you've got set up. Well, Rosie, that, that's exactly right. And that was one of my main ideas when we were planning the development to make it uh, neighbor-friendly. You know, a lot of people, they pull in their garage and never go out their front door. But with our neighborhood, every house has a front porch, and there's a six-foot-wide walkway between the houses. The houses are a little over 40 feet front porch to front porch. So if anybody's walking down the walk and you're sitting out on the front porch, you say, howdy, and if you want to talk, you can. But it's so important, and and we've been featured in in lots of articles about neighborhood-friendly. It's a beautiful setting. When we're building very often for clients out of the Midwest, one of their first questions is, why don't y'all have basements? And then the second question is, why do y'all put these walls up around your backyard? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think originally it was to keep the, the snakes and the coyotes out. Yeah. Uh, some people like the privacy. But the other thing, Rosie, that's important is we've done a lot of building for wheelchair-accessible homes. And by having a six-foot walk, uh, two wheelchairs can actually pass each other walking as as well as people walking side by side. So accessibility uh, for people that are disabled or in wheelchairs is an important part of the development, which continues on into the house with accessible bathrooms and no steps from the front going in the house. 
you know, I I would consider this one concept of supply-side economics. Once a family moves into Armory Park and experiences all the subtle little differences that are there that aren't in the other subdivisions, they're never going to be happy anyplace else. <laughs> well, I drove through there Sunday, and there's not one house for sale. There's 93 completed occupied homes, and there's not one for sale. They're, they're all occupied. That's fantastic. One home in there, in particular, is known as the Vision Home of Tucson. Uh, give us a brief description of what that home is. Well, the idea was to take all the latest, greatest technology, uh, the most accessible, efficient appliances, plumbing, super insulation, have it be enough solar energy that uh, it actually sells power back to Tucson Electric Power. It generates more than it uses. Uh, the Vision Home was a collaboration with the uh, Green Building magazine, National Magazine. And those people worked with us. All the suppliers, uh, such as Kohler Plumbing and and the different appliances, were all part of the demonstration project of how you could make it beautiful as well as energy efficient. Well, I tell you what, Mr. Miller, we're going to have to have you back on the show because you and I both know we could make a huge impact by creating subdivisions like Armory Park. But we have a huge housing inventory that is so grossly underperforming. You and I need to have a conversation just how do we implement this on the remodeling work that's going to be involved in our trades over the next decades. Well, Rosie, I'll be happy to talk about that because we've been able to help a lot of people modernize their homes with extra insulation, better windows, solar hot water, and all the things we do in the new ones. A lot of that we can do in the existing older housing stock as well. That's fantastic. We're visiting here with Mr. John Wesley Miller of the John Wesley Miller Companies, builder, realtor, and consultant in the Tucson area, been active in the industry for 50 years and recognized nationally as a leader in sustainability, green building, and accessibility, as highlighted in Armory Park. You can check him out at his website, johnwesleymillercompanies.com, where you can get a tour of a lot of his work at Armory Park in particular. Mr. Miller, again, I just can't thank you enough for joining us. And we're going to get you back, and we're going to emphasize the next time you're on just what can we do with the housing inventory we're already stuck with that's been built the last 50, 60 years. Thank you, Rosie. It's been my honor. All right, sir. Thanks a million. You have a great day. Yes, sir. Breezing our way through a beautiful Saturday morning right here at your house. It's Rosie 
on the house. Just finishing a conversation with custom home builder John Wesley Miller from the Tucson area, builder of an entire subdivision of sustainable, accessible homes, Armory Park. It's really just a stone's throw away from downtown Tucson. And one of the things when you park and walk it that instantly catches your attention is all the front doors face each other and the garages face each other across an alley. So my big chief complaint with Arizona architecture is in 90% of the subdivisions in Arizona, the garage door is the biggest front elevation architectural feature of the entire home, of the entire subdivision. And that just seems completely backwards to me. I love Armory Park, not only for the way it's laid out, but for the way it's built and, and the way it lives. So big thanks again to John Wesley Miller. But I ended the conversation with John saying, we can all make an impact by building future subdivisions in a model like Armory Park. But John and Rosie have an obligation with all the existing home inventory that's built so substandard how can we educate the homeowners like the call we took just before we started the interview with John from Roger? A 1950s home, 2,000 square foot, masonry. In the summer, he's got bills of over 500 bucks. There's no reason for that. I'm going to get with Roger, and we're going to interview him again in August, and he's going to be just dancing on the roof keeping the house the temperature he likes and spending less than half of what he's currently spending. He's got a home that's built in the 50s. It's masonry. That's all good bones. We can work with that. We just need to implement some of the new technology, some of the new energy purchasing plans, and uh, make a few suggestions on possible power consumption shifts and will make a big, big difference for Roger and for everybody else. But accessibility is becoming a bigger and bigger issue all the time. You know, we've, we've taken the month to talk about the topic and just kind of different aspects of it. We talked about do-it-yourself kind of projects. Uh, we'll be talking, we talked to John Wesley Miller, though we kind of stayed on sustainability. His, he has a real vision for universal design. Oh, yeah. It doesn't, it's really nice when you can do it when you're building because then it doesn't look funky. You know, you, some of the do-it-yourself stuff is meant to be temporary. Yeah, think of a whole subdivision where you can wheel into the front door. No, no accessory ramp or anything that shouts at you. It's just the way the entire subdivision is built completely barrier-free. And and you can pass each other in a wheelchair on a... Yeah. Which I thought was really cool, but that would include dogs, you know, walking your dog, passing somebody or yeah. bikes or whatever. So I thought that was really, really a cool thing. So um, so we talked about that. And then, 
next week we'll be talking to TWD, one of our remodelers on our Rosie on the House certified partner list, and they'll be talking about things that they can do. You know, if you if, in, if you want to go beyond do it yourself, what what could you do? Maybe walk in showers. You know, they're they're going to kind of talk about what they want to do, what they can do. And then the last week we're going to have live stream on. They've been on with us a couple years ago, and they are a uh, elderly community. You have to be 55 and older. They have everything from independent living to, um, you know, assisted living and skilled nursing even. And they have about 300 people in their, in their community out on, in Youngtown. But I, Becky and I went out yesterday to tour and to visit Donna. Um, is it Taylor? Yeah. Donna, Donna and Scott Apple. And we, um, we were just having a conversation at lunch. We toured the facility. They've got some new things. We'll talk about it when they come on. But you know, when you talk about the elderly, um, even before you talk about the design stuff, well, it's, I guess it's part of the conversation. It's just about keeping them safe. And when you're elderly, you really don't want to tell people, your kids telling you you need to be safe. It's a little insulting. It can be. So it's kind of like your wife telling you not, not to climb on a roof. Not to get on a roof. I wasn't the <laughs> only one. Stan ladders. and Don got after you first, mister. Oh. Um, first, it's going to be a record here today, Gary. Our first fight on the radio. <laughs> Nurse Cratchit here. Yes. Uh, so, um, anyway, I have I, been passionate about this pro this process because my folks are getting older and every time I mention it I personally get emails from our listeners saying, yeah. Jennifer please provide as much information as you can so I'm always kind of looking and trying to keep an eye towards that I found a really great book on Amazon this week it's called How to Care for Aging Parents by Virginia Morris and this thing is what is that like four inches thick so every and Gary she can read that with her eyes closed it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, at night, if I pick up a book, I'm asleep. Yes, that's, that's a true story. I don't read at night. If... And when it's folded on top of yeah. her like that, she's like, oh, I'm on yeah. chapter eight now. She absorbs it's, it. It's called osmosis, yes. Yeah. But everything from checklists to, you know, dealing with different dynamics of of elderly. Um, and, and it's got lots, lots of safety tips. Um, but I just, you know, there's some very simple things you can do. To keep safe, and and I think a lot of it's how you present to your, to your. You will never be your parents' parent, and that's kind of a, of a question they ask in the book. Are you parenting your parent? Well, the answer is no. You know, so you have to learn how to maybe offer them options and to talk to them in a way that's not demeaning. Because even though they look old and feeble, they are still the same people inside. You know, there's still people who've had, who are intelligent, who have a whole life of experiences, and you don't want to insult them. So you know, you can try asking questions. You know, do you think you would feel safer if we did this or Choose one of these two things. Which which of these things would be the best for for safety? So, um, and if you have suggestions for me, I would love them. You can text us at four one one nine two three with things you have found out, or you can email me at jennifer.r at rosie on the house. You know, I let's mean, let's just put together a big, big resource. I mean, just the little things. Uh, a couple of things we've done in our home, and uh, Jennifer and I are still very much athletic. Prior to my crash, I mean, I was a very avid snow skier. I hiked several hundred miles a year. Uh, was very active water skiing, snow skiing, horseback riding. But a year and a half ago, I slipped in our shower, fell, and broke a rib. Yeah. And we did a little research and found a chemical that we could put on the floor of our shower it was 100% invisible that made the tile 
much less slippery. Mm-hmm. It's called Slip Doctor. And do test it on a small part, though, because I, mean, I did it on a different tile, and it showed a little more, but it still it did the job. It just affected the look a little bit more. Man, I feel so it. much better in our shower now where my feet aren't slipping out from underneath <laughs> You me. think? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, there's other simple things you can do. Uh, you can reduce the hot water in the tank. You know, just bring the temperature down in the Turn house. the thermostat down. Mm-hmm. You can remove the bathroom door locks. You know, we have pocket doors in the bathroom, and sometimes the grandkids can't get out. So you'd hate <laughs> to have someone stuck in a bathroom. Um, be sure you mark your glass doors. You know, I have kids and adults who've walked through screens and Arcadia door. And dogs yeah. and horses. Yeah, and yeah. yeah right. <laughs> so just, you know, mark it with a, put a stained glass thing up there or something that lets people know that that's a glass um, window um how about um automatic lights you know so when you get up at night you can uh, see where you're going um or outside if you're taking out the trash i knew a lady who got um who fell while taking out the trash and didn't have those lights and she had to wait till somebody came back with the dog walking their dog till she was able to get help so if the lights had been there someone had seen her sooner um Smoke alarms, make sure those smoke alarms, you know, test those for your folks or have someone do it. The fire department will come do it for free, and the, the, um, <laughs> the older ladies like it when the firemen come in. Um, it's a true story. And phone messages. That never changes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure they have the fireman calendar, yeah. too, next yeah, you, to the home yeah. maintenance calendar. Uniforms are always <laughs> And then uh, make sure that your phone message maybe has a has your son or someone sounding very strong to say this is, you know, yeah, leave, speak, leave a message. Speaking of smoke detectors, I, I see the ones in the stores that uh, you can just install, and they're good for 10 years, no yeah. battery, no nothing. Yeah. Yay, nay. Yeah, as long as you date them and remember, you know, the new lithium batteries. Uh, one of the great things about the new batteries is they die very slow. So they start chirping, and you could have a week or two weeks of chirping before it's finally dead. The old batteries, you'd hear it chirp for an hour or two, and maybe you were out of the house in those two hours, and the battery would die, and you'd never know. So I have a carbon dioxide uh, alarm in my hallway. Yeah. Believe me, when it chirps, I'm awake. Yeah, you... It's loud. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, we have a, a caller I'd like to bring up, Amy. Okay. And she... she has some elderly people in her life, and she was listening to the conversation and had some had some really uh, great advice. Amy, how are you this morning? Hi. Hey. I'm I'm great. How are you? Good. So you have some older people in your life, and you had a couple good um, things to say. Yes. Um, well, my mother um, takes care of my dad, who has dementia. They're both very old. My mom's healthy, but um, taking care of him, she needs rest and to get naps occasionally. And one of the things um, that we found is that um, with dementia patients, um, some will just go out the door and wander around. um, And some also have uh, sundowners, which they get up late at night and they could go outside and get lost or get hurt or get into traffic or anything. And so um, I found these little, um, they're called saber alarms, and you just put them right over your door handles. And you they have different settings to chime oh, wow. um, or, or alarm. And also if somebody's trying to get in your home and they jiggle the door from the outside, the alarm will go off as well. 
So that would be I exhausting. Very, yes. To have to worry about, you'd never be able to really rest. Right. right. In this way, you that's the whole purpose, right? You wouldn't be able to rest if you wanted to even go take a shower and you have a loved one, you know, that could wander out this way you they are so loud that you would hear them even if you were in the bathroom i'm gonna put those up on facebook and you had one more thing but i think we're gonna go to a break gary and then come back or oh okay gary says you have time so amy you had another thing that um we talk a lot about fraud and how easily the elder can be taken advantage of and you told me about something i had not heard of before right this is very scary um so my mother called and she said um, there's a man that keeps calling saying that my computer um, is being hijacked, and so I need you to get on your computer and let me take over, <clears throat> excuse me, your screen to download the software to take over your screen so I can um, fix the problem. And it is a scam, and um, nobody would ask you to do that. I think what, uh, the message I try to give the elderly I know is, you know, you you can't get in trouble if you don't answer. <laughs> you know, just let let things go to voicemail. Let your family check it out. You know, if you do answer the phone, you don't have to give any information. You're not going to get in trouble. Nobody's going to come take your house and your home and your life away. You know, so I think they get intimidated and they feel vulnerable. Amy, thanks for um, those those two tips. Those are great. All right, we're back wrapping up the four-hour program of Rosie on the House. Started this morning at 7 a.m., and uh, well, if you're looking for something to do, there are tickets still available for the Sons of the Pioneer concert at the Flying E Guest Ranch in Wickenburg tonight. That would be an awesome awesome way. And the weather is going to co- cooperate. It's oh, going to be a fantastic man. And I'm sure Tumbling Tumbleweeds is on the set list. Oh, so. man. gosh, man. Wouldn't that be great? We talked with uh, Mr. Dan Finley from the Desert Caballeros Western Museum, Arizona's most Western museum. Uh, 8 o'clock, we talked about compost, vegetable gardening. 9 o'clock, it was open hour. We took a lot of questions about uh, plumbing and uh, water heaters. And in the 10 o'clock hour, we talked a bit about home uh, sustainability and accessibility with John Wesley Miller. So one of the things I want to end this program with is if you're contemplating doing a remodel, don't do it with anyone that won't take a look at your whole house. We've got to take a look at the whole house, how it operates as a unit not just one standalone room addition. If you're going to do a kitchen makeover, let's take a good hard look at what we could do while we're there to increase the sustainability of your home, the energy efficiency of your home, all at a cost-competitive protocol. Uh, There was a while when green building and sustainability was being introduced to the industry, that you had to be kind of inclined to spend extra money to accomplish these returns. But technology and products 
and procedures have all evolved to the point where a lot of the things we can do cost you little or nothing that will pay you back for as long as you're in that house. So proceed with extreme caution. Don't let a lot of the confusing information out there steer you wrong. Okay. Did you want me to wrap up the aging in place stuff? Sure. Okay. So I just want to repeat a couple things, and I'll put them on Facebook. The Amy had called in about a product you could put chimes on your door. You know, it's a little unit, and it's sabrared.com. Sabrared.com. So if you're looking for something to alarm you when someone comes or goes from the house. Okay. The book that I mentioned, which is really a great handbook. So many good things, things you've thought about, things you've questioned, things you haven't even thought about. How to Care for Aging Parents, Virginia Morris. And it tells you how to have the conversations that need to be had. Not an easy thing to do. Okay. And then I have something kind of sweet that was sent in while you were in the hospital. And it's, um, and God looked down on seniors. You ready for this? It's really cute little prose by Pastor Bill Bjork. Okay. Okay. Most seniors never get enough exercise. Therefore, in his wisdom, God decreed that seniors would become forgetful. So they would have to search for their glasses, keys, and other things they've misplaced, and thus move around more. And God looked down and saw that it was good. Then God saw there was not there was yet another need. Consequently, God, in His wisdom, made seniors lose coordination, so they would drop things, which would require them to bend and reach and stretch. And God looked down and saw that it was good. Then God considered the functioning of senior bladders and decided, in His wisdom, that there might be calls of nature more frequently requiring more walking to the relief station, which would burn calories. God looked down and saw that it was good. Seniors were obliged to exercise more from these senior shortcomings and did become more active as a result. So if you find you are required to get up and down more as you age, remember, it's God will and in your best interest, even though you mutter under your breath. For after all, God looked down upon seniors and saw that it was good. It proves, once again, God has a great sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the many, many sweet things that were sent to you while you are convalescing. Well, one of the peculiar things about convalescing out of your home for three months is, Gary, everybody reorganizes for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you come back to your own home, and nothing is where you left it. Of course. And so... Now you're on a double search mission. Okay, where would they have put it if they were trying to help me and organize for me? Where would this go? Where would that go? And you had no clues or anything to pull from. It said, you know, what you're looking for is near the closet. Right, right. So, All you ha- have to do is yeah. ask. Right. Just saying. <laughs> About the third loop to the house, I go, what are, you, what are you looking for, honey? Yeah, right, right. Oh, well, that's over there. Exactly. Well, and then, then a daughter that comes in from out of town and organizes for you, and then leaves town. <laughs> She's only a Skype away, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And when you find it, you think, yeah, that is a more logical place for it. But it just wasn't my, but you gotta, <laughs> my idea, right? you got to figure it out first. Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed today. And in the spirit of Romy this morning, give thanks for the God above you, those beside you, and the life before you. Y'all have a great week.